Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 143 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris. And I forgot to say this is Chris. It's just you now. No, never mind. You no, it's the whole just episode. me. That's fine. It's just me no, now. I'll, I'll see you later. Actually, it's hot in here. I can, you can totally. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Chris, by the way. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a heat deranged Paris and this is Chris. <laughs> I'm also heat deranged. So you know what? You know, you know what's going to fix that? Cracking open this beer. So that's what I'm doing. This is definitely a beer drinking recording episode yes. day. Um, uh-huh. We're recording two episodes back to back and it's summer. So that means uh, we're really hot and sad because we can't turn mm-hmm. on the AC or the fans. So it's beer. That's how you like us. Hot and sad. <laughs> I think that's how people like their goths too. I mean, that tracks for this show. Um, you know, I... I don't think I would call myself a goth, but I have I have fairly goth tendencies. I believe we've discussed this, Paris. You're business goth, right? Business goth. Um, I'm a metalhead, but you know those those lines they overlap. Anyhow, for this episode, we read "So I'm a Spider, So What," Volume Seven by Okina Baba. Uh, you got a problem with me being a spider? Do you have an issue with my eight legs? Somebody, so what? Somebody does. I don't know. Uh, anyway, this uh, this book was requested by one of our anonymous patrons. Uh, they asked us to choose a light novel, which is a genre of books from Japan that seem to mean like anime-like or based on an actual anime or manga, but instead you get like the classic kind of text form of a novel. Uh, this book, in fact, has an accompanying uh, anime and manga. Uh, these books are referred to as light novels since they're sort of the Japanese version of like a pulp or a beach read, you know, in kind of the like Western way. Uh, also, we got volume seven instead of one because we uh, confused the seven for a one on the cover. Uh, so what? What are you going to do so about what? it? What are you going to do so about what? it? So what? I'm a spider. I read volume seven. What are you going to do? You know, we don't we don't know our sevens from our ones. So what? <laughs> Uh, that was that was actually my mistake. I literally so I'm math illiterate. So what? <laughs> yeah. uh, I have numerical insanity. What are you gonna do? <laughs> um, no, so, so I sorry. We shouldn't joke about that. Uh, numerical dyslexia is the thing. It anyway. All right. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, this is probably a, a bad episode to start with because we are heat deranged and uh, not doing. No, that's perfect. That's great. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what we normally do here at the Terrible Book Club when we are less hot and more of sound mind is uh, we read books that we assume 
will be bad based on their cover title summary or some combination of the three. Uh, in addition to that, sometimes, like today, we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend. So we typically do the opposite of what most people do in a bookstore while they're browsing the internet to read. And we also do the opposite of most uh, like book review shows by reading things we think we won't like. And usually this experiment results in a disappointing and hilarious read. But, you know, once in a while, we end up liking the book. And it's a nice surprise. Let's see. May I add that we read the whole thing, which is unique, I find, in terms of bad book podcasts. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of uh, book podcasts out there that will sort of tap out. Yeah, they kind of just like either they don't read the book at all. They just kind of like make a judgment based on what other people have said about a book or they read, you know, a few pages or like a few chapters and then they sort of base a review on that which is really weird i mean i get it like we're it's a, here to suffer with you yeah it's a big commitment you know to read a whole book and do an episode every two weeks but chris and i have a system that's been working for us um anyway uh content warnings for today's episode uh in addition to our usual barnyard language today's episode includes discussion or mention of uh just some cartoon violence and some weapons so nothing crazy today um real looney tunes style content yes very today. looney tunes style like absurd um uh, like video game cartoon levels of violence okay um so usually before we get into the actual review we give you the back of the book summary so you kind of know like what the book was going for uh then we tell you a little bit about the characters and setting and then we give our summary which is like a, a plot point kind of read through so you understand in general what the book was about uh before we actually you know give a critique of it all right so our back of the book summary for so i'm a spider so what volume seven is seriously what genre is this so get this me the demon lord the baby bloodsucker mira and the puppet posse are on our way to the demon territory when mira falls into a hole and gets attacked by giant ants we wipe them out in no time, but the commotion, and totally not me sticking my nose where it doesn't belong, just happens to wake up some ancient hyper-advanced killing machines, and now the entire planet is going to be destroyed. It's such a big deal that Gouldy Ghoulie, the Pontiff, and even Potimus are teaming up with the Demon Lord. Oh, wait, when did they get all so chummy? I'm sorry, what? They want me to take out the main weapon? No way! All right. Red, so think, red in the actual voice of the main yeah. character that I had in my mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I want to talk about the characters and setting and then read the summary that we wrote so you have a general idea of what happened in the book so we don't have to keep going back and recapping a plot point when we are trying to talk about something else. Um, so the characters and setting here, we're going to have a lot of fun here, Paris, where you and I disagree on how to pronounce character names based on what you said <laughs> 10 seconds ago or already. Um, <laughs> okay. But we start with a very simple one. White, the titular spider. So what? You got a problem that that her name is White? It's like a spider girl. It's it's like real Quaylag stuff happening over here. Uh, Qu See, I always want to say K-Log. <laughs> Quaylag. Quaylag is like the Spanish version. <laughs> Quaylag sounds so stupid, but I know that's how everyone pronounces her name. Okay. Anyway, we got Lady Ariel, the Demon Lord, who uh, we're supposed to have known from previous books, volumes one through six, I'm sure. She was just sort of some lady for this, for me, and that's how I perceived her. 
Then you have Vampy and Mera, a baby and older vampire. Kept referring to them as vampires. They didn't do really do vampy shit, despite one of them being called vampy. They were but... barely in this book, so yeah. you can just forget about them, actually, right now. Sure. Then we've got Ale, Sale, Real, and Feel, the puppet spiders, who are small spiders that wrap themselves in thread to look like small anime girls because of fucking course. And the, the anime girls are like the puppets that they put around them for like armor or something, you know. They yeah. want to look pretty, I guess. I think they're I think they're I think they're sort of made to look just like white, right? Aren't they like girl and no, spider? No, there was there was illustrations oh. in, in the book that you saw some of them were like just Paris just fair warning for you if anything in an anime or anime related material says like they look kind of like a lady. It's just a full anime girl. <laughs> okay. You know, I should know better by now. Thank you for for being so uh, generous with me, Chris, and always having to explain <laughs> anime shit to me. That's all right. We've got a, I've got a present for you later on in that vein. Oh, I'm scared. Um, all right, and to okay, it's Potemus, the Elf Lord, Paris. What is this, Potimus? Potimus. 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 It's potty mass, actually. It's potty mass. Speaking of mass, we also have Dustin, the pontiff of the word of God. His name's just Dustin. He's the Pope yeah, of that, the biggest religion. That made me laugh really hard when I just read the great pontiff of the word of God religion, Dustin. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, we've got Ghoulie Ghoulie, the admin dragon god. So, like, the, I, I think the world is a video game because it's... Apparently, it was that light novel conceit of, like, there was a bunch of people in the real world, and they were all in a class together, and they died in a bus accident, and they all woke up in the fantasy video game world that this is in. Wait, is that really? Like is that, that really? I yes. Didn't... Yes. I, yeah, I read that in the, the uh, volume one summary. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. That's kind of the thing, I think, with a lot of light novels. It's always, like, a person from Earth dies and is resurrected in a new world or something. Which, like, I, I get, because at least then they don't have to worry about the trappings of regular Earth. Anyway, Ghoulie Ghoulie here is a dragon god in human form with black armor or something, which is just like, what's his face from Malazan? Animander Rake? Yeah, I was like, it's, I was like, what is this? It's just anime, anime Ander Rake. I mean, Animander Rake was already pretty anime. <laughs> I actually remember. I mean, he really was. When I first, so that's in the first Malazan book, or actually, a very, a very nice man from uh fuck what band was he in oh my god now i don't remember i'm so sorry nice man uh when i was at <laughs> i was at stormbringer metal fest uh that happened in worcester like like a month ago and uh i was talking to this guy uh schmitty who's a i think a literature professor in i want to say schmitty, the Illinois. literature professor okay oh All i right. think his, his first name is something else but he, that's what he goes by um, okay. I think anyway. Now I'm like, oh no. And he was so like, a Professor Schmitty. So what? So, so anyway, I'm like, someone's like, hey, you should talk to him about books. And I was like, all right. So we're talking about books. And uh, and he's like, oh, you should talk to my. I forget if it was his friend or his guitarist or drummer or someone in his. Bi- God, now I feel terrible. I don't remember. But so he calls over this other guy and he's like, tell her about Malazan. He's like, oh yeah, it's pronounced Malazan. And I was like. What? what? And he was like, yeah, they're from the Isle <laughs> no, of Malaz. And I was like, oh, my no, God, you're right. Uh-uh. And so we <laughs> no, it is. No, I mean, yes, very obviously. And so he was like, yeah, I also was blown away when someone told me that. And I was like, God damn it. It's Malazan. But I was like, but I'm not going to be able to stop saying Malazan. 
No, it's Malazan. I don't. It's not lozenge. Lozenge land. I'm not. That's not your fantasy land name. I, I refuse. No, the Isle. My lozenge. Of, no, the Isle of Malaz, though. Like that's that makes sense. Yeah, the Isle of Malaz. That's what it is. No, no. So anyway, <laughs> I was like, wow. I feel intensely stupid. Thank you for enlightening me, sir. I now seem to have forgotten every other detail about this interaction. I'm really sorry, right. but thank you, people. Paris hot take. It doesn't fucking matter what you pronounce fantasy names as. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I I don't think I agree with you, but let's let's move on. Okay, yeah, we we'll we'll be in those weeds forever if we start that up. <laughs> Alright, the only last character here is D, God of Death. Turns out Antiques Freaks also moonlights on the side as gods. And yeah, he is a god of death. Yeah, I could not help imagining the god of death as D. Um, you know, I just what the name was. So yeah, same. there was well, and D is just D, I mean, if, if one day D is like Paris, we've been friends for twenty years, but I'm actually the god of death. I'd be like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Sick, like it just uh, totally, yeah. totally tracks. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, that. Basically, D in this story is the opposite of a deus ex machina plot contrivance in that it just sort of takes Ghoulie Ghoulie out of the plot for, like, a couple chapters so the writer doesn't have to worry about having an all-powerful admin god dragon around. Okay, anyway, here is the summary that we wrote for you guys. And I'll be taking care of this one. Paris wrote this one, so I'll be reading. Here we go. We begin on the road with our party of adventurers. Our main heroine, Lady White, an extremely powerful and nearly immortal half-spider-woman who is traveling with the Demon Lord, her four spider helpers, Ale, Sail, Real, and Feel, the Vampire Mera, and a second toddler vampire named Sophia, or Vampire. Lady White often ruminates on her truce with the Demon Lord, knowing that it may be temporary and worries that the Demon Lord may turn on her, even though Lady White really likes her. The group is working together to avoid the Mecha Lord of the Elves, Otimus, who wields 21st century technology using drones, guns, etc., whereas the rest of them utilize your average medieval magic D&D slash anime stuff and weaponry. We learn that this discrepancy stems from this world having devolved, where only the Elves preserve the more advanced technology of the future past. This is not Earth, although it seems Lady White may have come from Earth. Yes, indeed she did, because she was in like a school bus accident. Yes, which we wouldn't know unless we read this. Lady White, the Demon Lord, and her, and the four spider helpers are all extremely overpowered and face no real resistance on their journey until they find an underground bunker with future past tech weaponry. They fight off a bunch of robots and tanks and then barely escape an enormous fire that is so fast-moving, hot and large, that it is likened to a solar flare. A giant UFO immediately flies out of the underground bunker following the fire. The Demon Lord determines that they must summon the most powerful being in the world, the admin super dragon Ghoulie Ghoulie, to destroy the UFO since they can't for... reasons. The super dragon admin arrives and then with him the rest of the very powerful figures in this world appear, including Potimus. And I'm saying it like you. Yeah, that's because it's how you say it. (laughs) No, it's not. Potimus reveals that he designed the UFO, the world-ending GMA bomb within it. It's packed with Good Morning America. No, it's the, okay, it was the grandma bomb to me. That's, <laughs> that's, that's even better, actually. That's what I kept thinking about. Anyway, there's grandma bomb in there. And a companion <laughs> weapon called the G-Medio, but supposedly never thought anyone would actually build them. 
the UFO is also full of both a giant army of robot soldiers and fighter jets. Yes, all of those things. Keep that in mind. So, enemies and friends alike team up in a three-part air and land battle to save the world. The Super Dragon admin takes on the G-Medio alone. Other allies fight a land battle with the robot army. And White slash Demon Lord slash Spider Helper slash Protimus slash some dragons fight the UFO and jets themselves. Lady White gets literally blown apart by the bazooka Patimas gave her, but is never in any real danger due to being OP. Meanwhile, we get expositional dialogue between the two vampires who aren't even in the story at all. <laughs> From this, we learn that civilization devolved because Patimas convinced everyone to use MA energy, that strong Massachusetts energy. It's, yeah, mass energy. <laughs> so what? I'm using all the mass energy. Drink your the fucking Duncan, man. <laughs> the life force of the planet is Duncan energy <laughs> as a primary energy source, which killed the planet because you stole all the iced coffee, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Since that's not evil enough, we discovered during the land battle that Patimus' machines and his army are actually powered by live human brains, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? Because no one does anything about it. Lady White uses a magical scythe that she recently made and in the heat of battle realized that it is much more powerful than she knew and more powerful than the Demon Lord of Patimus' magical powers. Shortly thereafter, we learn that Lady White is the favorite of Dee, the ultimate god of all gods, god of death, which explains why her scythe is suddenly extraordinary, extraordinarily powerful. Dee has also just told the Admin Super Dragon to not interfere because it's more amusing to make them solve their problems themselves. Lady White, Demon Lord, and Patimus make it to the Grandma Bomb, which turns out to be housed inside a super weapon, which is also a design copied from Patimus. Since they don't want to cause the bomb to explode, they decide hacking is the way to disable the super weapon bomb. Patimus carries out the hack successfully and then double crosses White and Demon Lord by shooting him. Demon Lord tries to protect White but gets seriously hurt, so White must fight Patimus. She easily slices him in half, but he's still alive because he's a cyborg, so it doesn't matter. Turns out the bomb wasn't disarmed when she also sliced that robot in half, too. Um, so White eats it and tries to digest it before it explodes. Flawless plan. She then achieves Divinity for doing this. However, Divinity is almost a total reset whereby White is no longer connected to the system and must learn magic all over again organically rather than just leveling up through the system. Patimus hatches a plot to pit his reincarnated daughter against White since they knew each other in a previous life and it will be painful to make them fight or something. The end. So what? Yeah, I actually feel like the name of this series is just how I felt reading this. You know, when I was scrolling through all the light novels that were available to us, I picked this one based on the pretty funny title. I, you know, yep. I showed it to you and you were like, yeah, that sounds funny. Let's go for it. And then it wasn't. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for reading that summary for us, Chris. Um, let's talk about a couple of the things that were good. So it seemed to have been translated and edited decently. I mean, it does repeat itself a lot. So I don't know if it was like edited closely for content, but... The sentences function, I can understand what's going on, and, you know, I get that the author was going for peak teenage girl brain, so I understand that the flavor of the text was intentional, and they, you know, they stuck to it. I think it, it, it seems like that was their intention, and it, it worked for that intention. Uh, shout out to the translators, though, for real. Fucking, that shit seems hard, especially translating Japanese or 
you know any any non non uh like romance language into english good god that seems really hard i don't know how people do this i hope that hope this person was paid well uh yeah so that's that um really liked MA Energy. I don't know what it stands for. I don't know what that acronym is about, so I had to just roll with the fact that it's definitely Massachusetts Energy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Duncan or Sports-Fueled Rage, for sure, is Mass Energy. <laughs> like, it's just everyone's the, the combined rage of Tom Brady not playing for the Patriots anymore. What are we going to do? It has powered this medieval world from beyond dimensions. <laughs> well, it's like... You know, you drink too many ices and you just get really amped up. <laughs> and then, like, oh, I'm, I'm so ready to go. I've got know, all the magic power. And then the Bruins fucking miss a goal. And, you know, then you're like, <laughs> you know, that that rage really flows into the soil of Massachusetts. And beneath the soil is that rich M.A. energy. <laughs> um, waiting to be harvested is why the crops grow so well over here. <laughs> They're fueled by iced. Donkeys iced. It's good for your crops. Oh, yeah. Uh, a- anyway, uh, yeah, they never explain what MA energy is. This is another thing that I assume we're supposed to know from previous novels. It's described as the life force of the planet, and the more you use it, the closer the planet comes to destruction, which just sounds like fossil fuels to me. Classic anime planet life force stuff. Final Fantasy Seven had all that shit in there. There's yeah. a bunch of other animes that had that shit in there, too. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, ultimately makes it... What do you of... think MA stands for? What do you think it's supposed to stand for? Like, mass acceleration? I don't know. <laughs> like I'm going to go with magic asshole. <laughs> yes, sure. I mean, we're not given an explanation, so it, it could be. Uh, yeah. It might I be anime. Maybe anime. That's what it is. It's mega anime. No, it's mega anime energy. It's just pure distilled anime energy that is powering this world. That makes what the most sense. What if it's manga to me. anime energy? Oh, there. You know what? You've done it. <laughs> I that cracked was, you've it. You solved it. Cracked it. That's now canon for all Swama Spider So What <sighs> volumes. We've decided. Um, I don't have any other things that were good about this book. Uh, I've come to the end of my list, Chris. I don't know if you have anything else. Um. I think we just agreed on this, so maybe this is the segue into the things that were bad for us. But I like there's a wind dragon that pops up as sort of a leader of dragons, and there's a part where it's not very funny that we'll get to in a minute. But I, the one funny joke in this whole thing is that there is the concept of the grunt accent, which I like that part, like the con, the fact that they are conceiving of a specific grunt accent. I found funny not what they do with the grunt accent so i was actually confused by your note here i didn't pick up on that it may have just been the skimming the intense skimming that i did <laughs> yeah um but like do you mean grunt as in the vocalization like a no or like no or like, like, a, like a worker grunt okay yes oh like a henchman like this is the the henchman accent it exists and uh. I mean, a lot of this book, all of the humor revolves around like, oh, that's not what this type of person is supposed to act like. They're not fulfilling their stereotypical role. Isn't that funny? So the the joke is in the book is supposed to be this dragon doesn't sound regal and dragon like he sounds like some grunt, like a uh. henchman, because he's basically just like NYC 
uh, you know, generic mob dude or something like that. So it's not the like the fact that they did the accent. It's just that in White's head, she thinks there is a specific grunt accent that uh, I found stupidly funny. I see what you mean. Yeah. That... And she couldn't get around the fact that, oh, my God, the dragon has a grunt accent. Yeah, which is stupid. That, yeah, it doesn't really work for me um, either. It's like. Yeah, it yeah, you're so let's I mean maybe we should just talk a little bit more about why sort of the parts that are supposed to be funny didn't work for us. Um I mean you you mm-hmm. pretty much said it. It's because it's all based on oh no, we're subverting stereotypes, but it's not done in a clever way. It's just like hey, the dragon isn't regal. He's he's like an Italian mob guy, but it it just falls flat and, and it, then they keep that, saying it over yeah. and over like every time the dragon yeah. talks white's like wow that's not what a dragon's supposed to sound like isn't that weird haha <laughs> lol omg that's funny right yeah this this has a like early preteen flavor to it that i just can't get down with which was really my one of my mm-hmm. main critiques of this which is tough, right? Because it's, it's, you know, this is a book that's not written for me. And I acknowledge that. You know, this isn't something I was probably ever going to like uh, just because of the style. Like, I have no interest in reading the overexcited musings of an of a nearly immortal, like, 12-year-old that's high on power. Like, I just, I don't care. Um, and Very just, not entertaining. Yeah, didn't do it for me. I And, yeah. Um, but... The other thing that really killed this for me is the um, the other aspect of the writing style, which is that it is written as though you are reading the log of things that happen in a video game. Chris, I think your note explains it really well, so I'll let you let you take that away. I, I mean, I just compared it to Brick by Brick, yeah. the the one we read, which was literally a step-by-step recollection of someone playing through Super Mario Brothers 3, which was painfully boring <laughs> to read. And this is the same thing, except it has a little bit more of that, as you said, sort of small child flavoring, in which it kind of sounds like a, <laughs> a, a like an eight-year-old ran up to you and like has all his action figures in his hands, and he's like, this is the Ninja Turtle, and he was fighting Shredder, but yes. then the Power Rangers came in, and they all tried to punch each other a lot, but then they had a bazooka, so the army came in, and they all had a bunch of robots, and the robots exploded the Power Rangers' head. But it's okay, because the Power Rangers were immortal anyway. They weren't dead or anything. And then they all went, and there was a big bomb, and in, in the, the, bo- the bomb was in the robot, and they punched the robot, and they were scared because they thought the bomb would go off, but then the bomb didn't go off because mm-hmm. the Power Ranger had his super yeah. weapon. And- Honey, that sounds so interesting. I'm so <laughs> glad you had such a good time with your toys today. Yes, that's exactly the, the how I was responding to every other sentence in this book. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, and, and it's not Whoa, even... wow. Well, and there's, like, another dimension of boredom here, because not only do you get... And then the Spider-Man kicked the Power Ranger, you get... The Spider-Man had a strength stat of 12, and it was against the Power Ranger's strength stat of 12 and a half, and then he had his, like, <laughs> level 15 greatsword, and you're just like, oh, my fucking God. I mean, look, I'm sure that Chris and I do have conversations that resemble this whenever we talk about Elden Ring to someone else who's also playing 100%. Elden Ring. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's do the we, key part. But there. do we make it a novel that we make other people <laughs> fucking read? No. No, we do not. 
Oh uh, yeah, like the 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 fact that there's stat blocks in here, Paris. Mm -hmm. There's like in the middle yeah. of some chapters, there'll be a stat block for a tank or a fighter jet or or like I don't know. It's something literally else. like a page out of a uh, a. Uh, like a dungeon master's like manual and it's like this is how much life the tank has and like these are all but the then, details i'm like this but is then a half novel. of them are just like <laughs> error because it's so overpowered don't you understand right. like we all we can't even measure so why did you fucking put it you just say it's really powerful dude but like listen as someone who has dm'd and has read all the stat blocks and like had a little bit of fun she was like oh i'll give up this sword or i'll see if i can put this potion in there i would that's if I'm sitting down for a story, that's not what I want. <laughs> no, it's not a good. It's not the way to tell a story. That's for sure. Um, very different when you are playing a video game and participating and making those choices, and you are alone most of the time. <laughs> like that is fine when you are by yourself and you are in a game menu and being like, "Okay, I'm going to choose this thing, whatever," and like we're going to see how it works. But like. The interactivity is key for why yeah. I care about a stat block. Right. <laughs> the fact and, that I can do something with it. Yeah, and when you're just reading about it in what's supposed to be a novel, it just doesn't work. Um, does not work. I gotta wonder if this shit's in the anime, too. Like, they like they know. just, like, roll up. I mean, that's like Dragon Ball Z did the same shit with their power scouters or whatever, so I'm sure it's in there. Were you making me randomly watch episodes of Naruto... No, that was Yu-Gi-Oh, Paris. How <laughs> dare you get it confused? Dude, I don't remember. One of the fucking This fucking is like one time Paris, thing. a couple of times Paris came over here, and I just wanted to sort of oh. like give her brain the vague impression of what anime is like, so I was just like skip through episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh like one minute at a time and give you just like the briefest glimpse of what's going on out there. <sighs> and hopefully that just sunk in somewhere deep in your brain. You have like a vague understanding of what <sighs> these kinds of animes are like. Yeah, I hate it. Um, I hate it a lot. So anyway, even if you are into anime, manga, whatever, I just don't know that this book even works for those audiences because of this heavy reliance on like stat blocks and repetitive, um, you know, inner monologue of this one character. I I don't know. I, I think there's... it depends on the type of weeb we're talking about here, Paris, because, yeah. I mean, we should tread lightly here. Quite a few of our fans seem to have the weeby smell about them. I'm just going to put that out there. But, yeah, so I think there's, I mean, there's plenty of what we, you and I, probably share an opinion of good anime out there. Um, and I'm, I don't think you've seen the depths of bad anime that I might have experienced. No, I actually thought anime was stupid and bad until I was, I think I was 18 and I saw Grave of the Fireflies and I was like, oh, this can be it a can real be rad. movie. It can be rad, right? Yeah. Like, and then I years will... years later, I saw like uh, Princess Mononoke, The Cat There Returns. it is. That's the one I was going to say. Um, the Cat Returns is great. I think that one gets overlooked sometimes. Um, I would be happy to show Princess Mononoke to anybody, no matter what they like. That is such a good movie. It's got such a cool, like, fairy tale vibe about it, but that kind of, like, dark-tinged fairy tale that your parents might tell you, like, once you're old enough and you're not too scared of things and you can still, like, feel the tension in things. Yeah, I mean, it's like, Howl's, it's like... Howl's Moving Castle is great, too, and has a similar vibe, sure. as does... Um... Uh, Spirited Away. We're just Way. saying Studio Ghibli stuff. Yeah, like, well, I think The Cat Returns isn't Studio Ghibli, but all the rest right. of... And 
Is Grave of the Fireflies? I don't think so. I've never no, seen that one. No, no. That's, vi- that's a very serious one about World War II. Um, but... Akira is cool. I like me some Akira. I'll even I'm even down with some Berserk, even though that kind of falls oh, Berser- into the yeah, sort Berserk's of Berserk's good. Berserk is rad. So listen, we're not anime haters. That's not really what we are. It's just that there's this half of it that is just like I don't know how to describe this, Paris, but I had I've I had this problem with anime for a while. And I'm going to do my best to articulate what it is about, like, anime voice that I don't like. Like, the mm-hmm. way that some animes present their stories. So, I'm going to put it to you this way, and I'm probably going to make so many people mad right now when <laughs> I say this. I watched the Netflix adaptation of Cowboy Bebop with my partner. And it was an amazing TV, but it was enjoyable and entertaining. And then once we were done, my partner was like, oh, what's the anime like? So, I was like, you know, I remember watching it and being kind of into it when I was, like, 13. So I popped on the first episode and we were fucking instantly bored in 10 minutes because there's su- there's something about being so on the nose about everything in some animes. And Cowboy Bebop is by far not the worst example of this at all. It's just something about like the way the dubbing was done back then or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have subs and dubs people in here in just a second. But there's this thing that happens in some animes where like, a character will have like this inner monologue in their head overtly explaining all of their immediate emotions that aren't very nuanced at all just like oh he has the pa- the sword that is more powerful than me i have no chance against this sword i must think of a way to defeat him at this moment or else yes i, I will do lose hate everything. that yes i do also hate that explicitly that whole like we are going to present everything right up front to you and it will be very obvious and you do not have to think at all like i really hate that style just in like, anything it, yeah, in anything just though. like show me that character like you know with emotion on their face and i will interpret that with my own nuance and subtlety you don't have to have an inner monologue explaining every last thing that happened now for some shows where there's like intricate plot lines and like you know people's plans against plans sure explain your elaborate plan and everything like that it's just the sort of it's like the narration style or the inner monologue stuff that you hear or you know it you can hang back you can let you know the animation tell a story which is why stuff like princess mononoke is so cool you don't get a lot of that you get a lot of just like you know emotive moments and you don't get people overtly saying every last bit of emotion or particular you know explaining the the web of relationships that are there for me overtly i just can't get down with it well yeah so i i completely agree with you but i really feel like this extends to all media i hate this in every me every style absolutely i do not want a movie that's gonna spoon feed me i don't want a book that's gonna spoon feed me like i just i don't want those things i want to i want there to be some kind of puzzle or something i have to pay attention to and I and you know of course there are forms of media that are just for kind of shutting your brain off and that's fine but in general I I want to have to engage somehow mentally when I want to shut my brain off sure there are things I might go to but in general I I would agree with you and it's not really just a problem with anime it's a problem with a lot of a lot of different I I agree with you but I think it's particularly bad in a certain subset of anime and again I am not saying this is like anime wide I am saying that 
your average anime that I might flip on has the style, especially if it's like your shonen style. We all got to get stronger and fight and train together. And I'm yeah. going to have a speech about how my determination or my uh. friends are the thing that like, which by the way, this book doesn't even do. It doesn't even have the like, I'll get my friends together and we can overcome anything like rousing speech that you hear when, you know, again, the shonen anime protagonist is ready to fight the big bad or whatever. We didn't even get that. White like gets her brain evaporated by a bazooka, <laughs> like the whole thing. And she's fine later. So what do I care about anything in this book? If yeah. she's just going to be fine. Well, this is, I mean, but this is a common problem we talk about in a lot of books we read, where there's no, you sense that there's no real consequence, like nothing bad is ever going to happen to the main character or their entourage, or like, you know, there's never, <clears throat> yeah, there's never any real consequence to anything. There's ne there's never a real feeling of danger, um, and I mean, certainly in this book, I mean, everyone is massively overpowered, nigh immortal, and so it's just boring, because you're like, well, there's no way they're going to be killed, they aren't so i guess the vague stakes here is that the continent might blow up but when as far as i know about the continent is that it's just a big wide open plane to have your anime fights in i don't really care if it gets blown up yeah yeah agreed i mean and there there's like there's even a part in this so so you you earlier were talking about how this really just feels like a little kid running up to you like maybe like somewhere between five and eight with action figures and being like, and then they did this. And there was a moment in the book where I was like, okay, maybe that is actually going to be the reveal at the end. Like maybe they're actually going to be like, this was kids playing with action figures. Cause there is a point in the book where the main character, lady white is like, ha ha. I stabbed him in the dick. And then I made a butthole in him. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this really is a transcription of two seven-year-olds playing with action figures. Like if they, if at the end they were like, and then Bobby and Timmy went to school, I'd be like, yeah, totally <laughs> fine. Fine. This makes total sense. This all wraps up perfectly. Neat little bow. That would have been funny and I would have accepted it. But like, you can't, you can't make me read about how they're having a fight and the main character wants to um, humiliate the bad guy. So she, stabs him in the in the dick and then makes him a butthole in the cyborg ass part of his bot it's just <sighs> listen everyone already knows that anime cyborgs already have pre-installed buttholes it's just how it works he didn't need another one yeah I, I guess i mean i it's very unclear like the extent of his cyborgness is very unclear you don't there's, no, I mean, it seems like it might just be his head that is human at this point. I, I don't really know. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there's um, no stakes to anything. So no. can I, Paris, can I interrupt again with how there's huh? absolutely no stakes to anything, and even when there is stakes, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's... like that point where they're fighting the big bad robot, the final boss, which they literally refer to as the final boss. Yes. And they're like, the, the stakes in that moment are like, oh no, if we hit it too hard, the grandma ball might blow up on us. But then White just cuts it in half with her scythe anyway, and turns out it's fine. The bomb didn't go off, and she can just eat it and become a god. So, like, no big problem whatsoever. So, even like, even the minuscule stakes that were there, they didn't even have to work around right. that at all. Right. So, I mean, what's the point? Yeah, and that's how I felt for the whole book. It was like, I, I don't know, this. I uh, this book just wasn't for me on so many levels that I was 
I had a really bad time reading it. I did some hard skimming. I am usually not a skimmer, but this was... So I'm a skimmer. This, so what? So I'm a skimmer. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, remember, I know your sister. doesn't matter if I'm a skimmer. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do if your sister disappears? Huh? Whoa, is that a threat? What the fuck? Find out on the next episode, huh? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll back off. You can skim all you want, sir. I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. You don't mess. You... you don't mess with the wind dragons, my friend. I know you. I know you have the Giga Massachusetts bomb, so I'll, I'll just back off from here. You know, I don't have anything that can counter that. Yeah, you need to respect the mass energy. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. I'll go back to New Hampshire. Yeah, that's right. Go back to New Hampshire, where you can live free and die. <laughs> you don't want to find the NH energy. That world is completely. Ugh off the wall nothing is is in working order just fucking chaos forest up there not in a good <laughs> there's way there's no it's not a good chaos forest it's bad <laughs> sorry friends that live in new hampshire i don't like your state it's it's a bad time anyway okay, who else will be alienating this episode oh yeah let's just let's just oh let's just alienate We're everyone hot and mad. yeah um hot and mad uh anyway yeah i, I again I was having trouble figuring out who this book was for because even for me, who can remember being a child who liked video games and read books, I was like, this would not be interesting to me as a child. I don't know about, I I don't know, maybe it would be interesting to kids, but I get the sense that the series isn't targeted towards kids. Maybe I'm wrong. I... I don't know. I just don't understand who this is for. If it's for children, maybe, but it's also not very good. There's plenty of other children's literature that's better than this, and I just, I don't get it. How about I read some five-star Amazon reviews to get an inside look at who's into this book? I mean, go for it. Yeah. What are what do these five-star reviews say? I'm interested to know. Five stars from Dante McNeil, nonstop action. Things are heating up with this latest volume. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but Okina Baba does it again. Volume 7 sees the team up of people who you would never think would associate with one another. I mean, a demon lord, Dustin, Protemus, the antagonist leader of the elves, and White, or Shiro, whichever you prefer, our OP spider. Sure, it's an all-star team, but given the fact that they're all pretty much each other's enemies, you never expect to see them working together. Oh my god, this is just a summary of what happens in here. I'm not going to read the rest of that. Oh. He's just excited that the characters are working together. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe it's possible that maybe the earlier books, you know, roped people in with some kind of character development and people got into them and by book seven it just sucks. I mean, that that's also possible. Five stars from Carm. Carm? Carm. Five stars. I like white. I'm not going to into any potential spoilers, but this was quite a white-driven book. I really liked it. We didn't have any of the jumping around in time between various story threads. Oh, this was a big drive-up in a large confrontation that covered our MC. There was a lot of narrative-slash-mental prose going on, so while at times that slowed things down, but that's also how white operates in her minds. The ending, though, damn, what happens next? Yeah, book eight is already downloaded. Okay. I, I've gained no insight besides he likes the spider lady. I think it's five stars because spider lady. 
Perhaps. I mean, I feel like uh, Quilog, Kalog really spawned a lot of uh, spider lady fetishes. So perhaps perhaps that is now a thing. Okay. Uh, five stars from <laughs> Mr. D Hunter. <laughs> five stars. Good book. My son has collected all available and loves them. Okay. I'm okay. Judging, <laughs> judging, judging by the reviews, maybe this is for actual children, in which case I'm like less mad about it. Um, but I don't know. Okay. Last one. Five stars from Kindle Customer. It's still Spider. Not only does this volume deliver on ample amounts of actions, it also manages to simultaneously remind and further establish extraordinary amounts of character development, world building, mixtures of the two, and memorable interactions between characters. Love this volume, and I'm 99% satisfied with it. That missing 1% can be found in what I found to be at least four typos, grammatical syntax errors. Yeah, that's true. There were very few... There are very few technical writing errors. Okay, um, so apparently there was extraordinary character development and world building and combinations of the two, Paris. Did you catch any of that? Because I fucking did not. No, not really. I mean, all that we got for character development is that the main character is, you know, like a teenage girl would be, obsessed with whether or not her very cool lady friend likes her and thinks she's her friend. And by the end, she's like, oh, my God, I think we're friends because she, like, tried to save my life. That is character all, development. All we got there. I like. Right. I feel like a fucking Sweet Valley High book has more character <laughs> development than this. It did. does, though. It really does, though. I will back that statement. I. Oh, man. Yeah. So anyway, I can we fix it, Chris? Can we fix it? I don't know. I stopped watching shonen style anime when I was like 17 and I'm just not for anything that's mostly about people having fights and making speeches about their determination or the bonds of friendship or whatever. And if I want mindless combat, I'll play a video game or like play D&D with friends so at least there's a fun interactive element and I can feel some tension. I mean, but if you did want that, if that's what you want, you can't have your characters be functionally immune to damage if the whole story is just fights. <laughs> or else it doesn't matter. If you can have your brain disintegrated and then come back from that, I don't care how big the grandma bomb is. And, like, I, especially... Yeah, you... You need more tension at the very least. That's my one suggestion. And I guess, okay, at the end of this book, her powers are taken away. But I, I read this whole book where she was overpowered. So that makes this one a bad one. So Well, and and it's like her powers are taken away, but only in the service of giving her different, really, really powerful powers where she's now right. a god. So like, uh -huh. you know, I, yeah. Um I mean, for me, you know, maybe this could be cool to some people if it was written with any depth. It is very not for me in several respects that I already explained. But, like, I could see evil mecha elves fighting other fantasy creatures working if there was a more compelling reason for their fighting and if this wasn't written like a play-by-play -play of a video game. All of the stats video game talk is what really brings this book down for me. And ultimately... I don't really know who this is for, except for maybe, like, 
elementary school children or middle schoolers maybe and even then there's so much other lit for that for those age ranges that is that i think is better i i just this is this is very much just like a yeah like like chris said it's really like someone just wrote down kids playing with their action figures it's it doesn't do it for me and in the narrative or conceptual sense i just Sorry, Okinababa. I don't know. Maybe your other, maybe the books before this are good. Maybe you have other series that are good, but oh, this is not. It's very not for me. Thorough thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> thorough thorough yeah. thumbs down. All right. Well, Paris, we had a bad time with this, but as I mentioned before in the episode, I have a gift for you to lighten the mood. Oh, I don't. All right. All right. What's your gift? Before we end the episode, I have yet another guessing game for you, Paris. We oh, haven't done this in a while. Oh, God. Yeah, it's been ages since we've since we've uh, guessed a game on TBC. I know listeners like these, so uh, good on you for remembering. Hey, I, I've prepared three rounds this time. Um, the guessing game is guess the fake anime character name. Oh, fuck. I'm going to be so bad at this. All right. So each right. of these rounds me... is a set of characters from a specific anime. I will reveal the anime at the end after you guess the name. because I mean, it doesn't really matter, actually, but I think it's more fun to say the anime after the fact. I think it's going to um, be even funnier when you ask me to guess names in animes I've definitely seen, but that I don't remember the names from, and it'll be really embarrassing. I'm pretty sure you haven't seen these animes. One of them you probably know, you know about, you know of its existence, okay. but you probably don't know any of these character names okay. from this anime. All right. All right. Okay. Three this rounds. Is, there will be. This is Paris must guess the anime name. You have to guess the one I made up. There's oh, oh, going to I'm be. Sorry. There's going to be four names. Three of them are actual characters from one anime series, and the last one I will have made up. Okay, so okay. I have to guess the fake anime name. Yes, correct. Okay. Okay, round one. Your four character names are Raditz, Vegeta, Brusselt, and Garlic Jr. <laughs> okay, all right. Do I have any options available to me, like phone a friend or fifty fifty or whatever the fuck the other option was on who okay, wants to be for a Okay, for one of these one of these I will Okay, for one of these I will allow a fifty fifty. For another like lifeline style thing, I will tell you the name of the anime, which will not help you, but I think that's funny. Okay, it, I think it'd be way funnier if you gave me a phone a friend because I don't know who the fuck I would call. <laughs> Yeah, what are we, we going to call in the middle of this? Yeah, it would be you is the person I would call. That's not, so that's not fair at all. So no, no, no. no, I would no. Not. Maybe I would call Adam. Like, Adam, help me out of this jam. <laughs> he um, would know the answer to this one. Uh. Anyway, okay. So I'm pretty sure that, was it was it Raditz and Vegeta? I think those are real. So I'm only contending with Russelt and, what's the other one? Russelt. Russell. Okay. And what was the other one? Garlic Jr. Really hard. Um, I'm going to say that Russell is the fake anime name in this selection. Paris, you are correct. Yes! Russell is the fake anime name. These are all characters from Dragon Ball Z. Yes, I knew the first two were, but I did not know anything about the garlic one. Which which are all uh, most a lot of characters in that series are named after vegetables. Uh, so you got like Good. Nappa named cabbage. after the cabbage. Yep. 
You've got Raditz named after a radish. Um, uh, there's like apparently the character Broly is named after broccoli, but I don't fucking believe that. Yeah, that's weird. All right, Yay! so you, you got one of three rounds. If you get another round of the last two, I'll consider this a win on your part. I don't think I have ever won any of these games, so it would be a big deal if I won. <laughs> I agree. All right, Paris, are you ready for round two of Guess the Fake Anime Character Name? Oh, I am ready for round two. Okay, your four names are... Caesar Clown... <laughs> Ronald Clammer, Monkey D. Luffy, and Jesus Burgess. Christ. Uh, no, Jesus Burgess. Yeah, Jesus Burgess. Um, <laughs> I, whew, I don't have a fucking clue. Um, oh, repeat the names in a different order if that would help you. Yeah, you just repeat them again in the same order. That's fine. Okay, okay same order. Caesar Clown, Ronald Clammer, Monkey D. Luffy and Jesus Burgess. This is... I, I'm going to get this one wrong. I really have no idea. This is going to be... Um... Okay, sorry. I would like to use one of my lifelines. Okay, you can use the 50-50 on this one. Okay, I would like to use 50-50, please. Please eliminate two answers that are incorrect. Okay. Your remaining answers are... Jesus Burgess and Ronald Clamor. Okay. Monkey D. Luffy and Caesar Clown are real names. Okay. I figured the monkey was real. I was waffling on the clown. I wasn't totally sure, so I'm glad I did this. Okay, so it's Jesus Burgess and Ronald Clamor. Ronald Clamor. Could you spell Clamor for me? C L A M M E R. All right, I'm going to say Jesus Burgess is made up. Paris, you are incorrect. <laughs> Ronald Clammer is the made-up anime character uh, name. I almost... You know what made me change my mind? What? what? Is the spelling. Because, <laughs> it, because it was stupid, I was like, oh, it's probably <laughs> real. Because if it was actually spelled clamor, like cl like a clamor, like, like, you know, like a lot of noise, I would have been like... Oh, that's made up. But because it had the stupid spelling, you tricked me. You tricked me well. Mm -hmm. These are all characters, except for Ronald Clammer, of course, from uh, the anime One Piece, which is about Monkey D. Luffy and his crew of pirates that sail the seas looking for the One Piece, the treasure, the, the biggest pirate treasure there is. It has something like 900 chapters long at this point and has is continuing to run. I looked at the character name list for this anime. There are hundreds, Paris. There are hundreds and hundreds, perhaps a thousand or two characters. Okay, so Paris, you're uh, one and one here, which is exciting because that means that this round is all the marbles. It's all the anime marbles here. Oh, there's actual consequences. What's going to happen to me if I if I don't win this? Uh, you'll get turned into a spider. So what? I don't want to be half a spider. But you'll be like functionally immortal. Yeah, but immortality sucks if you're half a spider. Does it? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, <laughs> okay, I, just, I just right. don't. I don't want to have a lower half of a spider. I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, you better do well on this one then. Okay, round three. Your four anime names are Robert E. O. Speedwagon, <laughs> Ton Petty. 
as one word, Dio Brando and the Dewey Brothers. Um, uh, so it was Robert E.O. Speedwagon, and then what was it? It was Tom? It wasn't Tom Petty, it was what? Ton Petty. T-O-N-P-E-T-T-Y. All is one word. Oh, Ton Petty. Okay. Um, and the third one was... Dio Brando, as in Robert James Dio, but Dio Brando. Oh, I, you mean... You mean... Um, not Dio. Um, yeah, anyway. Yes, yes Dio. Um... Like Dio and Martin Brando combined or something? Yes. I want to say the Dewey Brothers is the fake one. Paris? Yes. You are correct. You have won the anime fake name guessing game. Yes! You managed to pick out my fake anime name. These are all characters from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which has very rock and roll themed names. There's like the Zappelli brothers are are part of this. There's a couple other references and like people have like these ghosts that, you know, they use to fight people that are often named after musical things. There's like Killer Queen is one of them, I think. Clever. Paris, congratulations. You don't have to become a spider. So what? Oh, I'm so glad. I really did not want to become half a spider. You've done it. You've avoided that fate. Thank you for participating in my fake anime name guessing game. Um, oh my god, Chris, I never thought this day would come. I never thought I'd win one of these guessing games. Um On the anime one too. Fantastic yeah, anime that's, instinct. That's very surprising. Um I so for sure thought you would go for Robert EO Speedwagon as the fake one. <laughs> No, no. I chose the Dewey Brothers because isn't that the name of the brothers from that movie? Oh, fuck that comedy movie. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking. I was thinking of the Doobie Brothers. Oh, I okay. Well, it was it was an accident of logic that I <laughs> I chose the correct one. Whatever, take the victory. Yeah, I'm gonna take the victory. Um, all right. Yeah, I don't know. Do I have like do I have time for a speech, like a quick one? Okay, oh, I'm sure. If you, I didn't realize you had a speech prepared. But well, I don't. But um, I would, I would just really like to thank all of our our, our listeners, both weeb and uh, and unweeb alike, for putting up with us and our general hatred of things that you love. Uh, really, really appreciate. We love you guys. Really appreciate it. Love you. Thank you. Whether you have the weeb smell upon thee or not. Thank you, Dari, Greg, Veronica, Will, D, Jared, Arant, Senya, Jakub, Lycoris, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Luchek, Miri, Yanka, David, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Donnie, Crimson Paladin, Beast with the Least, Scott H, Robin, Laxtodes, of the Void, the Taco Eating Unicorn, Last Man on Earth 01, our Kofi Donor Kiwi thing, and finally our three newest patrons. That's right, three hopped on since the last time we recorded. We have Funny Robot with Antennas, Hobby Boy 93, and Selena. Thank you all so much for keeping this podcast going. I appreciate you. Paris appreciates you. All right. Anyway, uh, I think that's that's the end of this for me. Uh, or, or I don't know, Chris, do you have any final words on so I'm a spider? So what? So I'm hot and sad and mad. So what? 
You gonna yeah. do something about it? Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll have a little fan break before we record the next yes. episode. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode, Chris. I will see you next week for another ridiculous book. Two weeks. Book. Oh. Two weeks. We do, we do yeah. it every two weeks. I will see. Sorry, the heat is making me crazy. Yeah. I will see you. God, if time this is was dilating. Every, if this was every week, I could not have. Uh, I could not have a job. I think uh, this would have to be my job. Uh, yes. So. All right, everyone, go do your weeby business. So what? We'll see you later. Go forth and weave until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club. Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts, Paris and Chris. Sound design and audio editing by Chris, with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris. Our theme song is Kiss by Yearn, which is, you guessed it, actually, also Chris. You can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com. Do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? Do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? If so, become a patron at patreon.com slash terriblebookclub. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com.